This has been Andy and Coffee that goes out with me podcast. For me, Coffee has never been from a local app coffee team, from a bumper, warrior, bomber, junior hockey, and even coffee rep hockey, university hockey, and hockey goes on in all big reasons for both. This is the podcast of Andy and Coffee that goes out with me. Welcome to this, the second episode of the NE Ice Hockey Podcast. My name's Craig Simpson. What we have for you is a slightly delayed second episode. It was actually recorded uh, at the end of February after the ENL title match between the Vipers and the Warriors. Uh, we couldn't get it uploaded till now for technical reasons, so we've got that for you. And what it is, slightly different, we're just talking about the ENL. It's a roundtable discussion featuring myself, Malcolm Shield, and two of the Northeast's premier hockey journalists. And they can pay me for that later. Uh, we're just talking about the ENL, particularly the title race and the ENL scene in, in general. Uh, we'll be back next week with a fuller edition encompassing the Elite League and also a special on the women's scene. Uh, the podcast had the pleasure of, um, well, I would say pleasure of being in Sheffield. The podcast was in Sheffield last week for the Women's World Championships. Um, we'll have a report from that. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, the usual way is email podcast at march74.co.uk. Text us, starting your message with N-E-I-H, and that's to 60300. Or you can phone our rant line 01312-080706. For now, we'll go to the round table. Uh, round the table with me, a fountain of northeast ice hockey knowledge, Anne Smith. Uh, we've got David Hall who covers Whitley Warriors for the local press. Evening, David. Hello there. Hi. Um, and we're also delighted to have the man with the best playoff beard ever, and he wears it all year round. Harry Black Hi covers yeah. senior, junior, women, rec, anything. Still Yeah. And uh, returning despite popular demand, uh, Mark Shield, aka Smithy, reports on the Vipers, elite for Northern Network, and also the Lady Vipers. All right, Smith. Indeed I am, Craig, indeed I am. Very good. So before we get team specific, just with like a northeast hat on, um, how good is it for the region to have this title game come down to two northeast teams? Well, to be honest, I mean tonight was well I have been looking forward to for a week. The fans have been looking forward to it. I mean, you saw tonight there was eight hundred and fifty people, yeah. nine hundred people t- turned out. Uh I dare I say that the atmosphere was probably better than it was for most elite league games this season. Uh, you know, but the game meant something, and it, and it was fantastic. A Tyneside derby for the league, you know, you can't ask for better than that. Yeah, the p- yeah, yeah pa- the passion was passion was there from the first whistle to the off. Newcastle took a nice early lead, and then halfway through the second, we thought, well, looking dead legs, Whitley gave Whitney an inch, they took it, went to two-two, and we thought, well, game on here, anything, anything can happen. Uh, Newcastle took there, went three two in front and caught injury to Anthony Markham. Um and then put Stephen Holt in. I thought Stephen Holt might be a little bit too cold and bang went four two and I probably gave Newcastle a little bit of luck and edge they might have in my opinion the look and they might have n- needed. Right. And I was really ready to come back a little bit better than they did, but end of day, like like David just said, it was good good for the North East and it, it, it was uh, someone had to win and someone had to lose. But it was good. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see that North East teams won the Northern title. Thanks for that abrupt answer. Um, did it live up to the hype for you, Mark? 
Uh, it did actually. Um, thought it was a great game, great advert uh, for the sport in general tonight, and uh, putting North East Hockey weight below back at the top of the tree, so to speak. So uh, difference being for both teams tonight, um, the man between the pipes in respect of Richard, um, outstanding game, but also the injury to Anthony turned the game with um, Ben scoring as well, because yeah. we were on top until uh, until that time. Just to add on Anthony, um, he's way hospital, he looks like he's done knee ligaments and uh, I don't think he'll play again this season. Yeah. I was I, I was up in the the greenhouse obviously with the, the, the pay and whatever and looking at it it was spookily like um Peter Albury did the same exactly the same circumstances trying to make a save on a one on one breakaway, moved one way, moved the other and just did his mate so it was spookily similar so obviously pass out a bit best on to Anthony. Um ne- never nice to see. Um if we go through the like sort on a, a team by team then um start with the winning team, no disrespect, it's just the word written it down, <laughs> start with the winning team. Um, the Vipers completely changed from last year's team. Oh, completely, a whole new coach and, 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 and a new team. They still had a few of the youngsters have come to, I think they've come on, contribute a lot with the new coach, new training regime, and with the development of new players coming in, Ben, ben Campbell, Jeremy Lunder coming, coming back in from, he, he was at Whitney, but he, he, he's come in. Uh, and the guys from, from from Kingston that Peter brought in from the conference, the uh, Esters, David Cobley, and some older guys, Glenn Young, who he just just signed just before the deadline, and Chris Hogarth also just come in. So there's a little bit more um, experience into that with, with the side as well. So it, it's, a, it's a complete new team, and they've uh, blend, blend, blend blended well, and they've deserved their. Uh, I, I, I think if Peter Wim was was honest enough. He he was he he was expert. He said to me that a top four finish he he, he was looking for. Well, that's just excelled all his ex- expectations there. With winning Northern title, but that's only halfway through. We've now the title itself now. So we we'll we'll again twice. Yeah. Where Sheffield and Flinch are in the playoffs. Yeah, and we'll then we'll come to the playoffs later on, but yeah. And Something cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you come to that in there, and like I said, it was a bit. It's nice to see for. Yeah, obviously Peter Wynn, obviously you know him from from Whitley of old. Is it a similar sort of thing to what he did when he when he sort of took on the Warriors job, put the team together? It, it, it is and it isn't because Peter surrounded himself with experience at Whitley. You know, we've got the Carters and the Lonsdales and and the Cullies, and he, he brought Leachy back. Uh, this time he's, he's gone down a different route, and I mean he he has the benefit of having an elite league team, so you get good young players that aspire to mm-hmm. to play elite league hockey and I mean as far as that's concerned they're the only game in town you know you've got a whole region from Hull up to to wherever that if you want to play elite league hockey this is the only club to come to yeah so the good young prospects obviously want to come here and, and Peter's molded them into a fine team I mean you know there's, there's no two ways about it and I think you have the advantage of having the best netminder in the league by far I mean, that's no disrespect to any of our netminders. I mm-hmm. think Stephen Holt's an excellent netminder. Anthony Martin's an excellent netminder. There's other good ones around the league. But you look at the stats, and he's two percentage points, whatever, ahead of everybody yeah. else. And I, I, I dread to think what the shots on goal were tonight, but I would think that we had twice as many as Newcastle. 38 21. I go. So I thought it would be more than that, to be honest. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, but he was the difference. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Any, any other goalie tonight, I think, you would have won, won the game and won the league. Two big uh, saves for, from Richie in the, uh, in the first period, basically, uh, started to move the game um, towards the Vipers, I think. And as David says, the uh, the guy between the pipes was the, was the difference tonight. Yeah. I mean, David mentioned the, the Elite League tie. Obviously, you've got the likes of Ben, Jez, uh, obviously playing regular. Nathan's playing. Um, Richards, Dean, Dean Holland, Dean's starting to dress. Richard had five or six minutes the other week and, and didn't look like that place. Um, so it does, it's obviously good for the. I was going to say for the northeast. It's good for the Vipers to have this link, but hopefully that might bring on. Do you think that might? The other clubs. It's very difficult because he, um, I'm not going to get on a soapbox here, but you've got Whitley and Billingham who are senior clubs in their own right. Yeah. And they want to be successful in their own right. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, y- y- to be horrible, y- you look at the Newcastle team tonight: mm. Ben Campbell, Nathan Taylor, you know, Jez London, Jamie Tinsley. We're all at Whitley last season, all good young players. We're fortunate that we can replace them because mm-hmm. you know we we've got young Nathan Salem, we've got young um, Thomas Murray who's now going to have to go in goal. He's only 15 years old. We had a 15 year old made his debut tonight in, in uh, young Callum Watson, and you know the coach was sort of good enough that he knew he could put the lad on at a crucial time in the game mm-hmm. um, you know so, so the, the future's bright I mean obviously if we're going to be some sort of conveyor belt for an elite league side I don't know but, you know this club Billingham they all want to be successful in their own right so therefore they want to keep their best players yeah. so we'll, if we move on to the, to the Warriors and obviously they've um, obviously put the team together have been doing well for the setback tonight but on a whole, a relatively successful season, would you say? I think so. Um, I mean, the club wasn't really going anywhere. We had a lot of problems last season that, that I won't go into. Uh, but this year, we've got things right. And, and I think a lot of that credit for that has got to go to Gary Wood. I mean, let's be fair. He put the team together in the summer. Uh, it was obvious that Simon eventually would take over the reins. But because Gary got the opportunity to become the junior development, you know, to be in charge of junior development, Mm-hmm. He took a little sideways step. He's a little, you know, behind Simon, sort of guiding him in the right direction when necessary. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of what we have achieved is down to Gary, to be fair. Uh, but it's we finished second in this league. We're going to Billingham on Sunday and looking for the win that will mean we'll finish second in the Northern League. You know, we're going to those playoffs. So we've, we've achieved quite a bit, I think, this season. You know, w- without uh, yeah. winning anything so far. And it's possibly, would you say, is it the opposite of what uh, Peter Wynn's done here? He's, he's brought back the Simon Leach, the Carl Cullies, the Carl as the Tyndale man. Have you sort of gone back to the experience of, of um, a few years ago? We wanted an experienced team because it, you've got a team that's totally reliant on juniors. I mean, you only have the ENL, so there was only 18 games for the ENL Vipers to play, mm-hmm. whereas we've got a full senior season of 40 plus games. Uh, now that's going to impact on your under 19s at some point so we didn't want to be going to Blackburn with 10 senior players you know, or, or wherever so we actually have 17 senior players that are not under 19s mm-hmm. and then we can add the other lines as and when required yeah. and talk about the Northern League the, um, the game on Sunday uh, warm up and then game didn't happen yeah, <coughs> for whatever reason, we won't apportion any blame whatsoever. 
Um, okay, the, well, the ice isn't bad, you know, it's not good, but it was certainly a lot better than it was when Blackburn refused to play 12 months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether it had anything to do with the fact that they had a very short bench, we'll never know. Uh, but for whatever reason, Solway decided they didn't want to play it, and I understand that only two of their players were prepared to play the game. Right. You know, uh, it was disappointing because you know we, we needed the, the win. I suspect that Whitley will be given the win because it was Solway that refused to play. The referee was of the opinion that the ice was good enough to continue. You know, was good enough to play. Yeah. If Solway had played a period and said, "Look, it's not good enough," people might have had a bit more sympathy for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I suspect Whitley will get those points. And, uh, if they get the win on Sunday, they will be runners up. So, and it's not like Solway again in the Northern League playoffs. It's well, they, they need four points. Um, so obviously, if they don't get the Whitley ones, I don't think they're going to beat Fife at home at the weekend. So that's going to mean that they've got to take four points out of Blackburn home and away in the last two games. Uh, otherwise, Whitley could find themselves facing Dundee in the semi-finals if they finish above Solway. And I think Dundee might just be a team that's covered it in the form of the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Dundee mentioned that way. We can talk about building a bit. Dundee mm-hmm. won down there uh, just at the weekend, didn't they? So, just one last thing on the Northern League. Um, obviously, it's just happened the last two or three days with the fire at Fife Ice Arena. Yeah. Does that impact on the Northern League playoffs? I had a conversation with Charlie Ward today, who like runs helps sort of run the league. He seems to be the leading official figure and they are looking at alternative venues just in case but at this point in time Fife are saying that they'll have everything up and ready in time for the Northern League weekend yeah. but I, I know that they've got another couple of venues that uh, they've got on standby and one of them isn't really big. Sure. <laughs> I mean I know I was just checking out the news I only, only found out about myself last night I was just at the world saying oh, it'll be fine to it'll be closed for months so I think it's probably too early to... Yeah, I mean, t- Fife are saying that they'll have it all up and running again in six weeks' time. But uh, they'll have to make a decision, I would guess, within the next ten days. Mm-hmm. Right. <coughs> well, the, the Whitley thing, obviously, you've been watching the, the Warriors. How is this Whitley team rate, would you say? Quite strongly, because they've got a lot of experience back in there. They've got some, they've got some kids coming through. And Gary Wood, just like what David, David has said, Gary Wood's been there. He's played. He's played for Warriors. He was hearts in the right place, and he's and he's brought some good kids on and managed to bring some of the old faces, faces back with some experience. And they were looking for these strong certainties for the league, and probably probably were until until the last minute. But favourites are always win races, and he's coming out and and Simon's lear- learning from from Gary. Yeah. Uh, and the I think the future is bright for the Warriors. Like a Durham perspective, Smith, how do you feel about the Warriors? Um, to be quite honest, coming into the building tonight, I thought Whitley's experience would probably take the game. Um, like we commented at the end of the second period, um, the young legs looked very tired, the old heads were on top of the game, but unfortunately, anything can, well, fortunately, depending on your viewpoint, anything can happen in hockey, and it was proved tonight when. Uh, Ben got the third goal and obviously Anthony unfortunately was injured. Yeah. Turned the game in the favour of the uh, of the home team because it was going, as we said, it was going the way of Whitley. It's Whitley's for the taking. And uh, had that not happened, 
and had um, Richard not been in net, as David said, then could have been looking at a uh, at a at a away win tonight. But uh, no, they uh, they looked a good side, lots of experience, as has already been said, with the likes of Cots, Cully, and uh, and Simon, but to name a few. But uh, future's looking bright, I would think, um, for both clubs. I think that's a fair uh, fair assumption. I would say both clubs have, haven't got a haven't been able to get a, a Billingham rep, but obviously through Billingham and the mix as well, they had a, a say, albeit indirectly, in the in the ANL title race. Um, I'm holding my hands up. That was the first time I've seen Billingham for a couple of seasons. They seem to have had a sort of indifferent campaign, would you say? I think they've had a very in transition campaign. Um, Billingham kind of does this every three or four years, apart from the constants, the the, the windages and the haze. They sort of have a good young crop of players and they win the league and, and then they kind of lose the players but for whatever reason and this year they've had one of their in transition years. Uh, I suspect they'll be a better club next season for the experience that the players have gained. You know, uh, I don't think they'll be in contention for the title next season but that may be a season or two away but it's getting experience, mm-hmm. you know, young players getting experience in Newcastle have gained massive experience this season. You know, young young players that perhaps you wouldn't think were ready for the title have all come together and gained that experience. Billingham will come back, I have no doubt. Yeah, make it a, a threesome at the threesome at the top of the ANL. <laughs> yeah, bad choice of words. Um, the, we'll talk quickly the game last night. Obviously, Billingham looked dead and buried at seven two, and then third period they just got the hockey heads on and threatened to come back. The day I think Newcastle probably might have thought 7-2 done enough of points are in the bag so therefore tomorrow's game against Whitley means something if we'd lost it against Billingham to, or dropped a point that's it to, you know, the game would be absolute tonight would be meaningless completely so they had to win mm-hmm. I think Billingham probably caught Newcastle by surprise if you, you, know, you leave the barn door half open, you're going to turn around and find somebody trying to escape and go in for it. And that's, that's what happened. But in the end, a five goal deficit was what I think. And a lot of the Billingham players that have in recent weeks travelled and played with a very short bench, a lot of their experienced players haven't played for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And turned out against Dundee on Sunday, so the full bench on Sunday. And they go away. So they had three big games. So in a lot of availabilities, people had slight injuries and knocks. They've been out. So it was their full team up there tonight. But you could see last night. But you could see a few players were a bit away from match fitness. Yeah. And uh, we did what we had to do. Is that much of see much of Billingham? Um, just like you, I haven't uh, really seen Billingham a lot. But uh, I think. What Harry said is right that uh, they caught us on the hop um, last night. But, uh, maybe Newcastle were thinking, oh well, you know, job done. Yeah. And uh, switched off for maybe five, ten minutes. And uh, as anybody knows, you can't switch off at all. But uh, pulled it back. And uh, all credit to the fans who made a um, huge contribution to the uh, to the atmosphere in the arena last night. Um, the, the twenty-something army. hardcore of um, Billingham's Barmy Army, um, fully deserved of a mention, um, made more of an atmosphere than has sometimes been present at say elite league games. 
for instance, so all credit to the fans, they were in there, they were in there yelling at 7-2 and maybe it gave them the extra skater to pull it back to uh, to 7-5, maybe it wasn't uh, a case of Newcastle yeah. switching off, but job done, if you like, last yeah. night, so, uh, and of course on to uh, on tonight. tonight. Uh, well, as, as we've been said, we'll look forward to a, a resurgence Billingham. Uh, last thing, just to, to bring it all together, obviously it's like the league season now done, starts again, a four-team league, starts from scratch, um, six games, and the winner of the North section plays the winner of the South on uh, 16th of April at Coventry, so <coughs> obviously well, you've got a, a bone to pick with the Vipers now. Well, first of all, I would say it'd be West Lynch. Uh They're the form team. In, in this competition, mm-hmm. you know they made a horrendous start. They've got a very experienced side, as, as experienced as Whitley. You know they've got guys like Mark Lovell who played in the, the EPL. They've got a lot of the old Altrincham players. They, they took some of the better Blackburn players over the summer, and they've probably got the only genuine import in the ANL North. This, this guy um, Dan Nadar. They got him from a German second division club. He wasn't somebody who came to this country looking for a job. He was somebody that they brought over as an import from a second division side in Germany and uh, he's played half the games everybody else has played for the freeze and he's one point behind the league scorer. Mm-hmm. And I think they are going to be a very, very difficult side to beat in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to be very close. Every game is going to be very meaningful. And I wouldn't like to predict which of those sports teams they're going to, to copy at this point in time. Harry, what have you? Think of the obviously, we'll throw in it. Obviously, it's Whitley, Newcastle, Flintshire, and Sheffield. Yeah. For the Cementers A&L team. Yeah. The Whitley Newcastle will be in there fighting hard. Sheffield will be no more. They've got a lot of good kids coming through the system. And Flintshire. Um, it's now been like they have been watching Flintshire, and Newcastle. We beat them twice before the import turned up. And when they came in when he came in and this guy in the first game got four, five points, six points in his first game, which sent bang points. I mean so Henry Davis was then thinking, well, who who who's gonna make the playoffs? And they were there from day one, Flincher, mm-hmm. this new guy, and saying, Yeah, I says, I'm not worried about them at the moment. He says and he's saying, Well not we played them twice and beat them twice so I'm not worried about them yet. I worry if they get to the playoffs. I you worry about them, but you cannot pick anybody anything um, it's a tight, some really tight game. I mean, Nottingham, Nottingham and Blackburn were looking pretty good certainties early on at one stage. And she- Sheffield might not be because Sheffield are there at the top, but they played more than anybody else and lost more than anybody else at the top six, top mm-hmm. seven at the time. Um, you're thinking, oh, oh Sheffield, no, Sheffield got a face, but those kids have come there and, 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 and they've stuck at it. Um, it will be very, very tight to call. I mean, the first playoff game, group game, it's Sunday, Sheffield against Flintshire. We might have predict that one. It's worth pointing out as well. It's um, two academy sides. You know, there's two, there's three academy teams, I guess, in the ENL North. Kingston are a bunch of kids, but the other two, you know, Sheffield and Newcastle, have both made the playoffs, and they're up against the two most senior of the senior teams. Yeah. You know, so it, it's going to be a very interesting mix. That it's like I said before. You've got clubs who are senior clubs in their own right, and that's Whitley, that's Flincher, and then you've got the two academy teams where guys are perhaps chasing contracts, you know, at some point in their career. 
So you, you've got two very different camps, and I, and I think it's going to be really fascinating to see how it works out, which of the two groups almost comes out on mm-hmm. top. That sounds like it's going to be another three weeks of interesting hockey. Any any thoughts on the or not? If if it's not, just say no one will. Wouldn't like <laughs> to add anything. I think um, as as David says that it's an interesting battle between the uh, the experienced heads and the import, if you like, and then the academy teams. So uh, as you say, interesting to uh, to see how it turns out. But uh, I'll stick my neck on the book, and uh, I think I'll go for uh, the academy coming out on top. Which academy? Hmm? Which academy? Wouldn't like to say that one. <laughs> uh, dodging a bullet. Um, right, that's it. Obviously, we'll try and do this again, possibly at the end of the season after the playoffs is all done mm. and dusted. Yeah. It's got, I mean, we've tried. This is a relatively new venture. Mark and I waffled on about Whitley and Billingham last week without really knowing what we're talking about. No change there. We're just talking journalists, so we haven't got anything. <laughs> we do our best. But uh, that's it. Thank you very much, David Hall, Harry Black, Malcolm Shield, and I'm Craig Simpson. Podcast with more terms and all for the production for any subject.